podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm a pastor and elder here at Christ Community, and I'm here with Neil Grogan, associate pastor at Christ Community Church. And this is a podcast where we're talking primarily to our members, but also to whoever else who wants to, to listen to us. And we just talk about um, issues of theology, especially in regards to our, our local church context. Right. And uh, so today... Uh, we're wanting to talk about this crazy word, uh, benevolence. What is what is benevolence, Neil? Um, it's a, a Latin word from the... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. You lost every word. You lost everyone at Latin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, benevolence, <laughs> benevolence is this idea where the local church uh, body is um, taking care of one another and... Uh, at times, people outside of it, um, but primarily um, taking physical care of one another inside of the body of Christ. Yeah, so as, as a church plant, like, we don't have everything ironed out. Yeah, we don't uh, got money either. We, we, don't, we don't have money. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing all right, but we, we, uh, we don't have everything ironed out. And I, and I think that's one of the things that people don't realize about churches and about pastors is, one, we don't... We don't have everything ironed out. We don't know everything. And so sometimes, like on this issue, it's like, okay, well, you know, we have the coronavirus coming up. We might have needs for more benevolence. How do we as a church want to handle benevolence? And it's something that right. we have to iron out, not something that's just done. Right. Um, and I think, I think people would be surprised about how many issues are like that for a church plant. <laughs> Pretty much everything, or church in general. I mean, that's or just how it goes. Yeah. You come come to an obstacle, and you got to figure it out. So, for us in our discussion on this, uh, we we kind of broke it up into three different sections. Hmm. We said benevolence for outsiders, benevolence for insiders, and then we said benevolence during our current context of the coronavirus. Hmm. Uh, and we we wanted to kind of develop a plan. For each of these, for outsiders and insiders, that's just going to be our plan for benevolence, right. for helping for helping others. And then we also realize we're in a time of heightened need, uh, potentially have more of that in the future. So how do we want to handle that as well? Yeah, so uh, there's some several verses or um, texts that we kind of looked at during our discussion. So if you want to look there afterwards, you can... Uh, put a bookmark here, but Acts 6, 1 through 7, 1 Timothy 5, and James chapter 1, verse 27, talking about pure religion and all that. Yeah, and and these these passages are, are sometimes, they're not specifically about how we should have, um, how we should organize it, but they might be giving principles. Right. And we're trying to derive principles out of out of these passages. So first, let's let's talk a little bit about outsiders. And I think we have to acknowledge that there are people inside our church and people outside our church. And I know that that even sounds strange because I don't think every church would would even view that. They're like, hey, we're here. We're open for everybody. But we, we believe that our church has membership. Right. And then we have people who are attending our church who might not be members. But then we have people who don't attend our church, they're not members, and they might not even claim Christ, and they might have a need. Um, the everybody else category. Yeah, I, it used to be part of my job at another church. I was the benevolence guy, uh, and and if someone came to the church needing something, uh, I was the one that they were sent to. 
and, and I think it was because I, I could say no. <laughs> my, my, my qualification. I will not give you Toys R Us gift cards. I was the no man. Um, so that should give us an indication of where we're going. No, 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 not really. Um, but kind of. <laughs> so for, for outsiders, how, as a question, how, does, how do we as Christ Community Church want to help people who are outside our church? And to some extent, we have to acknowledge the fact that we can't solve all the brokenness of the world. Yeah, especially G- the physical ex- aspect. Especially right? the physical aspect. And we have to acknowledge the fact that life is complex and people are complex and situations are complex and it's hard to grasp all of those things. So on on some level if someone comes to us outside of our local context and we don't know them and we have no connection with them our answer is going to be it's not what we do. Right. Like we we can't help everybody. Right. Uh, but I think there are some things that we can do. Right, which come from you know one of our values is 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 the square, and so part of living in the square is knowing uh, who's around you and knowing what other organizations serve your yeah. community and, and and so and I and I would say like let's say we have a community group and someone in the community group has a friend or a neighbor right and they have a need if that community group wants to come together and help support that other person. I think we'd try and give them wisdom on on some on some techniques and some things to think about. Sure, but I think that's a, that's an awesome thing for that community group to do. Right, um, and so that, I think benevolence outside can happen that way and should oftentimes happen that way. I think I think internally, what we have to do is we have to say, okay, for for meeting the needs of our community, we're going to target certain things. Right. right? It might be, you know, we're going to put together some school bags and school supplies for kids going back to school. Or we might... Volunteer in a food pantry. We might volunteer at a food bank. We might we might do our best to, uh, you know, right now we're talking about putting together some quarantine care packages right. that we can give out to people who are literally quarantined to their house. Not that they're sheltering, but they can't leave their house. Yeah, they stuck. They're stuck. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about doing that. So we're, we're saying as a church, some benevolence, some loving things that we can do are going to be some special projects locally. And I think the other thing we can do is help give to people who specialize right. uh, in certain aspects of, of benevolence. Sure. I like mean, we, we can't have a food bank at our church that can make a massive impact, but we can come alongside a food bank where that's what they do. They're the experts in food bank. Right. Our church can't do a a crisis pregnancy center well, but we can come alongside crisis pregnancy centers that do a do that do a bang up job, right? And support them, yeah. And we can support Send them. people to um, you know, one of the one of the awesome things about being in in your community and being known in your community is the opportunity to network. Mm-hmm. with those around you and uh man <clears throat> there's a lot of great organizations out there that specialize like what steven's talking about and so man we want to be like a funnel so when someone comes off the street and we we listen to them we talk with them we um we triage the situation and we give them a gospel-centered answer but we also want to set them up for success hey here's this organization that does this really well yeah. here's their number want you to get in contact with them. 
Yeah. And, and part of me, I, I just want to say, like, I think benevolence without community is dangerous. Right. I think I think being in community with other people means you know them, you know what's going on in their lives, and, and you know whether or not your helping is going to hurt them or not. There's right. a great book called When Helping Hurts um, that has, I think, formed my thinking a lot on this issue. They even have a book on benevolence. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. It's, it's like on purple or It's burgundy? purple. It's on my shelf, but... Uh, it's, it's, it's sitting up there on my shelf shaming me that I haven't read it. Yes, it's super helpful. Um, you've read it. Yes. So I don't have to. Sweet. Yeah, check your box. <laughs> you can live by count, your, by count, your, it, count it read. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of our take on outsiders is, man, we encourage our church members to do this individually some where they have community with them, these people or uh, to partner up and do that. Oh, but, I'll also add that, man, we encourage our community groups to – you know, come alongside some of these organizations and yeah, love sure. on them. And for I know sure. some that like this is the Y. This is a Y strategy too, right. right? Absolutely. Like the Y does a lot of good things, and instead of trying to recreate the wheel, we're just going to partner up with them. That's right. Uh, when they're open and do that, we <laughs> miss we miss the YMCA. YMCA, if you're listening, which you're not, shout out to the Y, y'all. We miss you. <laughs> All right, so that's kind of where we are on the on on outsiders, people outside our community, people outside our church. We so, want to love them, but we can't, we can't necessarily fund them. So we funnel them to people who can help, and we encourage our members who do have connections and community with people to, to be the assistance. Yeah, so what do you do about the insiders, right? So how, how would we describe insiders? Yeah, we would, um, number one, describe them as um, uh, Christ followers, right? They, they are uh, believers, and next step is that they are a member of our church body. Yeah. And so we know them. Uh, we're connected to them. We know what's going on with them. So that's that's how I would describe insiders. But I think, man, a great passage to turn to is 1 Timothy 5. That's where I'm turning now. Yeah. 1 Timothy 5 gives us a really good picture and some principles for how to handle benevolence with within the context of your membership. Yeah. And he's talking about widows in this passage, but uh, so in the ancient world, especially in the first century where where this was written, widows really were powerless, marginalized a lot of times. They were marginalized, and they were oftentimes abused. Right, as they they uh, they really couldn't work, they couldn't earn, so they could either go back to their father's family or they could become a prostitute. But there wasn't a lot for them to do. Uh, so young widows could get remarried, but oftentimes older widows were, were really put in a bad spot. Right. Uh, so the church kind of filled this vacuum. They filled this need to meet these the needs of these widows. And I think in verse 3 of, of 1 Timothy 5 is where we get our first principle. This is what it says. It says, Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So when it comes to inside the church, our first principle is like family should help first. Uh, many people who are believers have a network of family, and if you are in need the first place you should go to for help is your biological, God-given family. 
And so I think if someone came to us needing help, that would be one of my first questions is, have you gone to your family with this need? Have they helped you with this need? Um, and that's, that, that's where I'd want to go first is to give the family an opportunity to exhibit godliness to help their own family. Yeah, in any triage situation, you're trying to figure out, man, where your support system lies, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's circumstances that um, keep you from access to your family, whether it's on them or it's on you, which kind of leads you to the next <laughs> portion of the text. Um, you want to read verse uh, 7? Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. What do you want me to go to? Keep going. All right. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Dun, dun, dun. Is that where you stop? <laughs> yeah. All right, go for it. Yeah, so, man, we see we see here, like, what, what should our counsel be, right? Uh, man, as elders in a local church, we want to... Um, not only guide people towards their support systems first and foremost, but we also want to uh, help them uh, navigate potential sinful waters, right? Mm. And so we want the person receiving support and the family um, to walk above reproach is what this text is saying, right? And uh, man, we just, we just see this this theme from we get from the Old Testament in the, in the Ten Commandments of honoring your father and mother like truly here's another way you honor your your parents Mm -hmm. um it's that when one day when your mama um when your dad dies and your mama's a widow like are you going to take care of her are you going to serve her are you going to love her well and so it's the church's you know job to kind of counsel towards those things so that they would be able to walk in righteousness with their family and their in their family uh unit but sometimes they might not have a family unit. Right. Or it might be that the family unit um, is not godly. Right. Or that it might even be that the church member has abused the family so often that the family has cut off ties, which that, right. that's, a, that's a whole other question. But, but that does lead us to the next phase. So we believe first for a church member, the family ought to help primarily. Right. After that, we believe that benevolence needs to be taken care of at like the community group level. Right. So what is a community group, Stephen? So a community group is a smaller group of believers in our church who are uh, growing in grace and growing in the word together. Uh, is that a good description? You're, yeah, I think so. Okay, you're, you're kind of the guy for that here. Yeah. Um, so, so the uh, kind of you are. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that level, some, some churches call them small, small groups. groups or life groups or discipleship groups. Back in the 80s, I heard churches call them like mini flocks or something like that. Holy huddles. Oh, yeah. Uh, Take so anyways, back. <laughs> so uh, we, think, we think benevolence oftentimes in a church should go to that level next. Right. And I think the reason being is because it it's, provides an opportunity to be known and to bear one another's burdens. Mm, boom. So let, let's let's talk personal experience. What do you think, or what? Where have you seen your CG in the past? Uh, whatever church it was at, how have you been blessed by them, or how have you gotten an opportunity to bless others? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, we've been we've been blessed by sometimes people realizing we have a have a financial need or 
we have a, even had some people say we, we think you might be in a financial financial need and give us an anonymous gift. Um, and we've we've had other occasions in our small groups where people have had expressed needs. Uh, they weren't even asking for the help, but they just said, man, we're going through this. Mm. And the community group said, they're going through this. Let's help them out. Right. Um, whether that be, we've had that happen with legal fees. We've had that happen with just grocery bills. Um, but it, it's a way, I think, to build bonds of trust and of love. I think... Hey, you're walking in genuine brotherly affection with yeah. one another, right? Like yeah. you're being known. You're not wearing a mask. Hey, I need some help. I remember one time um, the VA didn't give me my benefits um, for a couple months because I don't know some issue with them that got fixed after I contacted my congressman. Yeah. Thanks, John Carter. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, man, we like we we took a, a serious pay cut that we could not cover, and so man, our CG just took care of our grocery bills for that season. This was a long time ago, but but that was like huge help, and then we were able to bless others in the, in the future. And so, man, like that's what community is to look like, right? Well, like we always talk about the danger of isolation. Right. I think money is such a big issue in our lives. Yeah. It's that uh, pride trigger. It's a, it's a pride trigger. And, and it, to be, to one, to be able to give of your resources to help somebody else is a, is a huge, uh, putting your money where your mouth is walking in faith, but also receiving the money, I think right. is even sometimes even more difficult. Mm-hmm. Because we want we want to put on this facade that we're okay. Well, it's the whole American picture of self sufficiency, right? Right. So I think I think I think there's a spiritual discipline and a spiritual benefit to taking care of benevolence at that community group level. Right. Uh, but after that, yeah, where does it go next? I think uh, there are going to be some issues where it needs to go up another level. So we start with the family, we then then go to. Uh, the community group level. Some people might not be in community groups, which we highly discourage. Join one, be in one. Uh, but there might be occasions where either they're not in one or maybe the community group can't handle it because it's it's beyond them or it's bigger than them. Or they need counsel for it. Or, or they whatever. need counsel for it. And I think at that, at that level, it can go to uh, staff, church right. staff. And we'll discuss it as a staff. Uh, we can discuss it as, as an elder board as well. Um, but I, I do think whenever we handle that, we want benevolence to be holistic. Like we don't want it to be a band-aid. The thing, that, the thing is about bills is that they keep coming. Right. Um, the man always wants the paycheck, man. <laughs> right. And so it's like we we can pay it this month, but you know, like next month it's going to come again. Yeah. And so to be able to walk with somebody and say, all right, what's your strategy and what's your plan? Uh, and helping them through that, so it's not just a, a band aid, right? Or a or a or a hindrance to them. You yeah, know? yeah. We want to we want to treat treat root causes, not just symptoms, right? Yeah. So approaching it holistically might look like, man, this person just needs further education. Maybe it's in uh, financial planning, right? Like this yeah. person, they've never been taught how to do a budget. And, man, that's one way we can really help and serve them uh, well. Uh, another issue might be, and there's really a heart a heart problem. Right. Um, some, They're some, too proud to take a lower-paying job or right. a menial job. Sometimes you just got to get a job. Yeah. Stop, I, stop bleeding as much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
And and you, it might not be the last job you want. It might just be an interim job. Neil's about to sneeze on air. Not uh, anymore. I, I, I did you that for you. Me. I you did it for you. Me. That's what I'm here for, man. I can see it coming. <laughs> gum it. <laughs> uh, I did leave out the idea of a care group, though. Hey, well, if I sneeze, I'm sneezing this corona on you. <laughs> uh, that's why I had to stop you for the safety. Yeah. There's not enough ventilation in our man, room. Catching that quarantine shame. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I left out the idea of a, of a care team. Where, right. do, where does a care team fall in? Yeah, yeah. So on our hospitality, um, our vision for hospitality, we have this thing called care, care team. And the care team really focuses on doing things like meal trains and, and uh, taking care of uh, spouses of deployed service members, things like that. And really it's a catch-all for those who might not be plugged into a community group. And also um, those who just need some extra support, and mm-hmm. they're able to do that um, effectively and and be a be a help to to those folks who are in need. This is something newer that we've begun to, so I'm really excited to see this thing develop um, and serve our body well. Mm, yeah, and I think I think the last place we went and trying to describe our, our benevolence is we have benevolence for outsiders and for insiders and those are just general princi- principles that guide our decision making but now we also have this this coronavirus and this is primarily for for our church members right uh, how how do we want to handle benevolence during this time of increased economic instability um and I think on some level, we're wanting to do the care packages. Right. And, and that could, is a very active way that everybody can contribute to a care package uh, to put those together. And they can go to anybody and to help anybody who's in quarantine, member, not member. Um, but, you know, one, one, of the, one of the financial blessings of our church is, is that we rent facilities and if we're not using the facilities, we, don't we have ain't to renting them. Rent them. <laughs> and so we are saving some money. Uh, but our our giving has remained the same. Yeah, it's been a Praise huge blessing. Yeah. Uh, so what we've decided to do is to take a large percentage of what we've been paying in rent and put that aside in case it is needed. Right. For uh, benevolence internally. Yeah, because the reality is there's so many jobs that have been furloughed, people have been laid off, and and people are just sitting on their hands right now and just like I don't know what to do. And so uh, with our church body specifically, you know, we want to make sure that man, if, if it, the need arises, you know, we can help walk alongside different folks, yeah. which is, man, just, just thinking about God's providence and all of this, right? Like mm-hmm. um, the way he has slowed down our building process. Yeah, you know? we're not in the throes of it. Right, we're not in the middle of it, stuck. And uh, the way he's, you know, made sure we had all the equipment we needed before this thing kicked off and we were able to Mm. do videos online. You know, God's providentially been, you know, taking care of us, obviously, like he does with his children. But um, he's really equipped us to be able to serve uh, our community and our body very well. And I want want to approach that in a different angle as well. Okay. Okay of realizing that even if you are one of those people who've been furloughed or lost their job, it's a harder pill to swallow, but it's still one for your health. Yeah. And that God is providentially taking care of you in some way. Right. 
Uh, and I don't say that lightly um, because I've, I've been through that with families of, of lost jobs, both as an adult and as a child. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I, 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 speaking from experience, but also just saying God's providence, if you are a follower of Christ, it's for your good. Mm. Uh, and until you can see it, the church is here for you. Yeah, man, uh, this just struck me. Uh, I studied this passage for school not too long ago, but man, um, in Psalm 37, uh, David is writing the psalm, and in verse 25, he says something that's really struck me. I think it's applicable to this. Is um, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. And I think that's just a great picture of, man, your God loves you, and he's going to take care of you. He's intimately invested in working out these things in your life. And though it may feel like um, hands are off the wheel and, and you're in a free fall, I yeah. promise you, you, you are not. That's such a beautiful spot to end it, but it reminds me of this meme. <laughs> and there it goes. No, it's it's like this old Model T with like the back driver wheel like flying off. <laughs> and the meme says something like, not that wheel, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You had such a beautiful ending with the bow on it and I had to ruin it. Um, Thanks for listening to <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Maybe we can edit that out and cut it. Nah, nah, we don't. We don't make edits around here, son. <laughs> too hard, too hard. All right, well, guys, we thank you for listening. Trust the providence of God. Part of God's providence for you is the local church to love you and to walk this life with you. And uh, we are glad to walk along this life with you as well. Mm, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. <laughs>